Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, live from the seaport today. It's pouring in New York City, but I'm fired up and ready to go. And to be honest with you, I'm torn. Today, you're going to help me. Today, I'm going to ask you to help me make up my mind about something. Because we have a really serious issue that is going on in sports that that took place in sports this week. And if, if you look in the talk show host's handbook, it says, take a strong position and defend it and fight with anyone who disagrees with you. But I'm so torn on this one that I'm going to ask you to help me with it in just a few minutes. We will do that. We'll get Buster Olney in here in just a couple of minutes as well. But I want to start by just looking ahead to what should be an unbelievably good football weekend. NBA Finals are now behind us. World Series, as of this week, is behind us. And so what we have to enjoy right now is football, and thankfully we have a ton of it. Saturday night, this was a game that up until Penn State lost last week to Indiana – on a bad decision and a bad call. This was, according to our analytics, the most important game of the college football season. It was going to be the one that went the longest towards deciding if a team would make it to the college football playoff. Now, that has been altered a touch because, again, Penn State lost a game. That does not take the luster away or the significance away from this matchup. Saturday night, Ohio State-Penn State is an enormous game, and it is made all the more so, I think, by the real concerns about how many games the Big Ten teams are going to play regardless of what happens. So if you're Ohio State and you're thinking national championship thoughts, you need to bank a win over Penn State and then hope you get at least five more games to play. Maybe somewhere along the line you see Wisconsin. Somewhere along the line you get Michigan. You have to hope these games get played. All those things are not a certainty. So we do know this one is getting played, or at least as of now, that is the expectation. And it's one of the great games of the college football season. So we have that. And then in every direction that you look on Sunday, you've got a great game in the NFL. Obviously, Baltimore-Pittsburgh is spectacular. First time ever Lamar Jackson and Ben Roethlisberger oppose each other as starting quarterbacks. Pretty amazing when you think about it. You would have thought that would have happened. It hasn't. So it is the past of that division against the future of that division. The question is, who's the present? I believe the Steelers are the best team in football. I've been telling you that for a while. But the schedule does not work in their favor this week. Baltimore had a bye last week. They're rested. They're ready in their home. The Steelers, because of the coronavirus rescheduling, had to play Tennessee this past week in what was a great game, but it's physical and hard-hitting and all of that. And so the Ravens have a huge advantage going into this matchup this weekend. Seattle-San Francisco was won this weekend. That game was decided by, and thus the division was decided by, one yard last year. Let's see if the Seahawks get that yard behind Russell this weekend. Huge game in the NFC West. Raiders-Browns is an interesting game. What are the Browns with their AFC Player of the Week quarterback and Baker Mayfield and his five touchdowns last week? What are they now that they will not have Odell the rest of this year? I'm going to dive a little more deeply into that game as we continue. Rams-Dolphins is a phenomenal game because it is Aaron Donald against Tua Tungo-Vailoa. Welcome to the NFL, kid. Here's Aaron Donald, the best defensive player we've got, one of the best we've ever seen, and the one who makes opposing quarterbacks the most miserable. 
Now, Tua's seen great players before. He played in the SEC. Half the great players in the NFL today once played in the SEC. So we'll see what winds up happening. But that is certainly a fascinating matchup to watch. Dallas-Philly, as terrible as both of those teams are, one of them will have the lead in the division when that game is over Sunday night. And then, of course, the Jets and Chiefs, which is only interesting in one regard. The Chiefs are a 19-and-a-half-point favorite. History tells us that team never covers. Eight of the last 10 spreads we've had in the NFL that were 19 points or more, the favorite did not cover. By the way, they won straight up all 10. So all those and more on the schedule for this weekend should be terrific football. But now I will get to what I was telling you before, a subject upon which I am completely torn. And I'm going to open the phone lines to you in a few minutes on this. But first, I want to get the insight into it from my friend Buster Olney, who hosts the Baseball Tonight podcast and, of course, is one of the best baseball reporters that there is and has been a friend of mine for a long time. And he's with me on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. You know, Buster, after you were on um, this morning uh, with us on, uh, on Get Up, we had a really fascinating discussion about the Justin Turner situation. And I know you and I exchanged notes briefly about it afterwards. But so I'd like to start it over again here for those who were not part of that. So, so let's go to exactly what happened on the field. Justin Turner, star of the Los Angeles Dodgers, pulled from Game 6 of the World Series on Tuesday night because he, they get a positive test back. They go, they tell him during the game, you've got to go, you've got to isolate, you've got to quarantine. He goes and does that. The game ends, his team wins the championship. And the next thing you know, he's back on the field. He's celebrating with his wife. He's celebrating with his teammates and his manager. He's seen without wearing a mask out there, having been told that he has tested positive. And this has obviously called, caused extraordinary consternation. So tell us what Major League Baseball had to say about this yesterday and what they are thinking. Yeah, Greeny, yesterday they announced that they're going to investigate what happened afterward. Because obviously, after the efforts to, to get through the season and to get to the end of the World Series, you know, baseball and the Player Association has been proud of what they had accomplished at that point. But the lasting image from the end of the World Series is Justin Turner, a player who had just been told he had tested positive for coronavirus, mixing, among others, potentially putting them at risk. At the time he was taken out of the game, you know, he was told, uh, according to the sources I've spoken with, uh, it told that he needed to isolate, and he was in a room by himself. At some point, he wound up out on the field, and Major League Baseball is going to investigate, okay, what happened? How did that happen? Was it just a case of him walking out? Were there Dodger personnel uh, involved in that to facilitate his time out on the field? Uh, you know, Major League Baseball, in, in, in the uh, statement that it put out yesterday, talked about how he emphatically uh, rejected the, the pleas from people uh, who work for Major League Baseball to, to self-isolate, uh, and, and that's something that they're going to follow up on. From what I've been told, he essentially told them to bug off mm-hmm. and that he was going to go out and, and, uh, and celebrate with teammates. And I've thought about this, is that in a sense, at that moment, Major League Baseball officials were kind of in the same position any parent can, can relate to, that that day when your kid says, I'm not going to school, I'm just going to lie in bed and you can't make me. <laughs> and so their choice was, uh, essentially to create a confrontation out on the field or to basically stand aside uh, and let Justin go and do what he was going to do. And that's, uh, they did not want to have a scene that erupted. So I, I do suspect at some point, Justin will be suspended 
for what happened. Yeah, let, let's talk about that. What could the ramifications from a baseball perspective for Justin Turner be as a result of this? Yeah, there are no precedent. There's no precedent, of course, for any of this. There was an understanding when Major League Baseball and the Player Association came to an agreement on the health and safety protocol that uh, personnel, players who would not fall in line with the health and safety protocol could face discipline. That was never really tested. Major League Baseball, I think, will wind up suspending him along the lines of what we saw with Yuli Gurriel with that racist gesture during the 2017 World Series, you know, a, a suspension of four or five games, more to make a statement uh, about how they felt about it um, than to actually, you know, to take him off the field for a month or two months or anything like that. Justin Turner is a free agent. Uh, while I spoke with a number of people with other teams yesterday who were very unhappy with what he did, I don't think it's going to affect his free agency. He, uh, in all likelihood, will go back to the Dodgers, a franchise that really values him. He grew up a Dodger fan. He wanted to play for the Dodgers. He's a good player, and he turns 36 months, uh, 36 years old next month and has reached a stage in his career where he basically is going year-to-year with a contract. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Buster Olney is with me on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. So, Buster, let's, let's be people here. You and I know each other a really long time. And you saw the conversation that took place after your appearance on Get Up this morning. I'll recap it for those who were not watching. Dominic Foxworth said, yes, baseball should suspend him because this is a serious issue and the rules need to be followed. But if I, Dominique, were in his situation, I would have done exactly the same thing. And Damian Woody said essentially that. And it's important to point out D. Wood is a Super Bowl champion. He knows what that moment feels like. He knows what it's like to be on the field celebrating with your teammates when you reach the pinnacle. He said he likely would have done the same thing. And I was expecting Lewis Riddick to say something similar. But Lewis did not. Lewis gave a very impassioned collection of thoughts about how seriously he takes the coronavirus, about people he knows who have had serious, incredibly uh, frightening ramifications from the coronavirus, and that it's all well and good to say that in that moment, my priority was being out there on the field, but that ultimately, and I'm putting words in his mouth, this isn't verbatim what he said, but that ultimately it was an extraordinarily selfish act if indeed he was putting other people at risk. And boy, that struck me, Buster. I mean, it really hit me hard as he said it, because that obviously is, I think, the right way to look at it. So, just as people now, not as not as a reporter and a talk show host, but just as people. And what are your thoughts on it, and 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 what do you think the big picture view of it should be? Yeah, uh, that we should understand uh, Justin in terms of the choice, why he made the choice that he did. You're talking about a player who is so invested in his teammates and so respected, and you knew that he was going to have the pull to want to be out there. However. Uh, all he needed to do, to, if he had really taken the time to think about it, was consider what those around him in that team photo had been dealing with. Dave Roberts, his manager, uh, who had dealt with cancer before. Earlier this year, I did a story on A.J. Pollock, uh, the Dodgers outfielder. He and his wife, Kate, had a premature baby in March, one pound and six ounces, during the first surge of coronavirus. And in June, you know, during a time when uh, Kate and A.J. Pollock were limited to spending time with their daughter, Maddie, um, separately, they couldn't be together because of health and safety protocol regarding the coronavirus. A.J. tested positive for coronavirus. And the fear that they, that family lived with for four years is they waited the result of A.J.'s test and whether or not Maddie 
also had been infected and other babies in the NICU. The way they talk about it uh, with such emotion tells you the impact on them. I think that if Justin had really put more thought into it, he would have made the decision to stay away from them. I think, you know, he's had some contentious exchanges with Major League Baseball officials in recent months. Uh, and I, I wonder if when the request came, that's how he saw it versus the reality of what people around this country are dealing with with the coronavirus. Mm, yeah, I, that's that's a really good insight. And, and some of that is stuff I didn't know. I, I knew the part about Dave Roberts. I didn't know the part about A.J. Pollock. I missed that story when you did it. So that's that's great insight. Buster, stay on this, and, and we'll check in in the next day or two and, and see where it takes us. But I appreciate the time, as always, my friend. Thank you very much. Thanks, Greeny. All right, it's Buster only with me. So right now, I'm going to ask you to help me. 888-SAY-ESPN is my phone number. 888-SAY-ESPN. I'm opening the phones to you right now. Because to me, should he be suspended is an easy question. Um, yes, of course he should be suspended. This is a, a rule everybody knows. It's, it's, it's common sense. It's everything. There's, it, it makes it, We could debate how long the suspension should be, but that's not even, to me, the most interesting part of this conversation. The most interesting part is just how scornful, how angry at him should we be? Because I, I try very hard to put myself in people's position when I, if, if I'm going to sit here and I'm going to take someone apart on the radio, which I don't do often, I try very hard to imagine myself being in their situation. And I try to make sure that it is always reasonable and fair. And when Dominique Foxworth and Damian Woody were saying, I would have done exactly what he did, I will admit, sitting here, I will admit to you right now, I thought the same thing. Now, I've obviously never been in any circumstance like that. I've never been at the pinnacle of any team sport or anything even close to it. But I would imagine that if I had been that, if I had ever been in that position and my team had just won the championship, that I would have run out on that field too. I think I would have. I can't lie to you. I can't sit here and be dishonest with you. And then Lewis said what he said. And I thought to myself, oh, yeah, like this is serious. This is not just breaking some little rule. This is, in theory, putting the health and well-being of other people, of compromising that. And, and, and again, the overwhelming likelihood is that nothing terrible will come from this. We all know that. We've all seen the numbers. I, I don't want to make this a referendum on how seriously people should be taking the coronavirus. I believe we should be taking it very seriously. We've all seen the numbers that suggest that the overwhelming likelihood is that nothing terrible will come from Justin Turner having run on that field. But is that okay? You know, I'll tell you a quick story. Nuno, you let me know when you have a few callers ready to go. But I'll tell you a quick story. One day, I was having this gastrointestinal pain. and or I was having pain, excuse me, in my chest area. In my chest. And, and I, I went to, to see a doctor. And the doctor said to me, Mike, the chances, as I knew it was like reflux, I, I knew it was like an acid thing. I knew I wasn't having a problem with my heart. And the doctor said to me, I really want you to go to the hospital and have a bunch of tests done. And I said, I really think that is such a waste of time. There's no reason to, I'm positive this isn't anything serious. And he looked me right in the face and he said to me, Mike, I think it is a 95% chance you are right. But are you willing to take that 5% chance? He actually said to me, how old are your kids? And at that time, they were younger than they are now. And I told him, and he said, are you willing to risk that? Are, are you willing to risk that? 
And I said, you're right. And I spent the night in the hospital and I missed a show and I, it, it turned out to be exactly what I thought it was, but I never regretted having done it. And that's what I keep thinking of in this circumstance. The chances are, I don't know what they are. They're extraordinarily small that Justin Turner would have done anything terrible by this. But are you willing to take that much of a risk? Is it worth it? That's the question. So I'm asking you to help me figure out how I should feel about this. It's the first time we've done this on this radio show. It won't be the last. So, Bubba, how do you want to do this? You have someone ready to go here on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Go ahead. Uh, Bubba, tell me who's the first caller. Yep, first up we have Mike in Georgia. Go ahead, Mike in Georgia. You tell me how I should feel about Justin Turner doing what he did. He should be okay with it because he's been around his team for six innings. The pre-game, post-game, he was all the way around his team. So what difference does it make? If he was going to affect somebody, he would have did it already. It's an interesting, you know, I had thought of that too. Um, this is, he had been around everybody all day. They went through whatever they do pregame. They went through whatever, you know, they're on the, they're in the dugout. They're sitting next to each other on the bench all of this time. Now, right now we're showing a picture of him kissing his wife. Not a hundred percent sure that was a good idea, but he was around all of these guys, um, that exact day and leading up to it. That, that does enter somewhere into the conversation. Again, I'm not telling you where you should put it. I'm asking for your help figuring out where I should put it. Bubba, who's next? Next up, we have Greg. Greg, go ahead. You're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. How should we feel about this, Greg? Uh, I, I think that, that there should be ramifications, and uh, what I think they ought to do is take away his World Series money. Take away his, his World Series share? Um, you know, that would be a fine, I, I, I'm going to admit here, I don't know exactly what the World Series share was this year. Was it what it usually is? I mean, this is a guy who has probably made 50 or $60 million in his career. I would have to look that up. Someone can look that up for me, how much he's made. But it's, it's unquestionably well into the tens of millions of dollars. So I don't think they're going to find him an amount of money that is going to impact his life. Now, symbolically taking away his World Series share, I get that. I, I, I guess that's a reasonable punishment. And I don't think we need a deterrent. You know, Dominique made this point as well. Usually... One of the reasons to punish someone for doing something is to deter other people from doing it. Now, hopefully, we'll never have this situation exactly repeat itself. It's an interesting thought. I appreciate the call, as always. Bubba, let's try and get in at least one more. Who you got next? Next up, we have Jacob. Go ahead, Jacob. You're on with Greeny. What should the reaction be? How should we feel about this? Hey, Greeny. So I've got two quick things. One, from what I read about it, is the day before his test came back inconclusive, so they tested him again. Right. How does MLB, how do they not have that test before the game? They even allowed him to play with an inconclusive test. So that I put on MLB for not having that before the game started. And two, I don't know what the CBA reads and all their protocols and everything, but if they're wanting to suspend him, how likely is it he appeals and wins that appeal because the season was over? So, yeah, again, it, it, it's a good I, question, Jacob. I, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm sorry. I'm having a little trouble hearing you, but I, I, I'm quite sure I got the gist of it. The first thought of it is we have to get to the very bottom of that. Maybe buzz Buster back and just make sure that's right. I, I read it the same way Jacob read it, but let's just buzz Buster and make sure we didn't just give bad information on the air here. I do believe Jacob had that right that there was an inconclusive test and they were doing the second test and that's what came back positive. But there's no way I want to let that be out there on the air without it being corrected if that's not right. So please call Buster back and make sure of that. Second, could he appeal the suspension on the grounds that the season was over? My answer to that is I don't think so. I think that the actions that he took 
Look, they can suspend you for things you do during the offseason. They can suspend you for a lot of other things. Um, I think that there will be a suspension for sure. I think that's a lock. To me, that almost doesn't even feel like the most important part of the question. That seems like a given. All right, I'm, I'm going to leave it there for the moment, but I am going to come back to this, and I do appreciate the calls. And, and, and this is one of the things that I really look forward to in this radio show is that there are times when I myself have a very difficult time making up my own mind how to react to something. I, like you, I just give things a bunch of thought, and I see them both ways. So I enjoyed this, and, and I appreciate all the calls, and we'll have more of it as we continue. In the meantime, coming up next, the biggest debate in sports is getting louder and louder, and on that one, I will take a side. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. You just heard Christine Lisi tell you that two different NFL teams have had positive tests. The New York Giants, they play Monday night against the Buccaneers. And the Los Angeles Chargers, who play Denver on Sunday. This is something we've gotten used to. At the very beginning of the season, my first thought was, oh, is that game in jeopardy? Now we're going to have to hear a lot more before we wonder if the game is in jeopardy. I also, it does occur to me, considering the discussion we just had about Justin Turner, whether my first reaction when I hear that a person has tested positive for the coronavirus should be, is their game going to get played this weekend? But that is where we've gotten, and I suppose on some level that's good news. Look, the overwhelming majority of these people are fine, and they're going to be fine. That does not mean that this shouldn't be taken seriously. It does not mean that all of them are going to be fine, and there are real concerns. But we'll see. At this moment, it appears both those games are going to be played until we hear further about it. Greeny with you presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Okay, I told you that I would take a side in what has become, I think, one of the loudest debates in sports. And that is in the wake of the way the World Series ended the other night, not when Justin Turner was on the field, but well before that, when Blake Snell was pulled after 73 pitches and didn't get a chance to be Sandy Koufax or Bob Gibson, and instead his team surrendered the lead and they lost, the question about analytics got loud. People are all of a sudden deciding analytics are going to be the death knell of baseball and maybe sports as we know them. And I will say this, 
there are two completely separate discussions to be had. One of them is about whether analytics are bad for sports because they take the fun away from it, because the things they make teams do make the games less appealing. That is one very legitimate conversation. The other is about whether they are the best way to win. The second one is easy, so let's start with that. If you don't think analytics are a useful tool in winning games in sports, then what you should do is you should, when you go to the racetrack, you should just pick horses based upon which one you think is the prettiest or which one's name appeals to you the most. You should disregard everything else you might find in a racing form. Even better, you should pick stocks based upon how much you like the names of the companies or how many letters there are in the name or if you've ever heard of them before. Disregard information that might help you make an informed decision. You wouldn't do that because you're not an idiot and neither are the people running sports teams and making decisions. Analytics are a great example of something that has turned into a hot-button topic because we've attached a fancy or frightening word to a very simple concept. Analytics are just the things that have happened. That's all they are. They're just telling you what's happened. In the past, this has happened. Use that information to make your decisions. This is, generally speaking, what becomes of this circumstance, act accordingly. That's what analytics tell you. And if you ignore that, with all due respect, you're an idiot. So when you go play blackjack, if you are at a table with someone and you're playing blackjack, and that person has 16 and the dealer has a king, and this is the very beginning of the shoe, and that person sticks, get up and walk away from the table. Just leave. You don't want to play at a table with that person. Because you're just going to be frustrated all night because they're getting it wrong. That's not how you play blackjack. That's not how you tilt the odds as close as you possibly can to being in your favor. They're never going to be in your favor. If you could tilt the odds in blackjack to being in your favor, then they wouldn't have all those huge buildings in Las Vegas. You can only get them to 48% or something like that in your favor. And so the house wins 52% of the time. They don't mind you winning your 48. They won't let you win 50 So in sports, this is the way these things go. I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again. Kevin Cash saw the data, he knew the information, and he he made the right decision based upon the information. Now, if you have 16 and the dealer is a king and you get an eight, it doesn't mean you did the wrong thing. The right thing doesn't work every time. Do you know why? Because nothing works every time. You make the best decision based upon the information. Now, Is there a little bit of this that is an art and not a science? Of course. Of course, the manager can look at the pitcher and say, this looks different to me. This is an outlier. If when I do it by my numbers, if the analytics dictate that I do it a certain way, and if I do it that way, it'll work 60% of the time, that means there's the other 40%. You can bet on the other 40% if you want to. The point is just bear in mind, you're going against what the numbers dictate is the smartest decision. So I'm not sitting here and telling you he made the right decision. Obviously, the right decision is the one that works. But I'm telling you, if faced with that decision, in the absence of having seen it happen, he would do it again, and he wasn't wrong. It wasn't wrong. Now, 
as far as whether it has a positive or negative impact on the sports that we love, that's an entirely different question because there's no science involved in that. I would argue of the three sports that I follow the most closely that this has impacted, it has had a negative effect on basketball, it has had a devastating effect on baseball, and it has had a positive effect on football. The effect on football is the analytics tell you go for two more often, go for fourth downs more often, throw the ball more. All of the data suggests that's to your benefit. And all those things make the game more fun. It's more fun watching a football game if you think a team might go for it on fourth down. Going for the two more often than just when you absolutely have to is fun as a football fan. More passing as a general rule is a good thing. It certainly isn't a bad thing. So I think analytics in that regard have been good for football. They've been problematic for basketball. Threes and dunks, to be honest with you, have a shelf life. I'm a little tired of them. I'm not my father. If my father was sitting here right now, he'd be yelling at you through me. He'd be telling you, Michael, the objective of the game of basketball is to get the best possible shot as close to the basket as you can, not as far away. He hated the three-point shot. He never thought there should have been a three-point shot in basketball. It's going up much too far for me. But do I think the analytics, which I cannot argue with, have made the game less entertaining to watch? I would say yes, absolutely. But it's nothing compared to what they've done to baseball. What they've done to baseball is a real problem. And that's something baseball needs to do something about. Home runs, strikes, walkouts, and eight pitchers a game is not fun to watch. Not fun. It makes the game slow. It makes the game much less um, visually pleasing. But it's a terrible way of putting that. But you know what I mean? It's hurt baseball. It has diminished the product. Of that, there is no question in my mind. And the only way around it is legislating around it because you can't ask teams to stop trying to win. So I believe they need to do something about that, and I believe they will. I believe they know this is a problem. So they'll figure out something to do with that. But it doesn't mean that the manager made the wrong decision. Those two things are not the same. All right, as we continue, let us get ahead of what will be the biggest question in football a month from now. I will get you there. Plus, you will hear, without question, my favorite soundbite of the NFL season so far. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. The Midwest is a real problem when it comes to COVID, and, and that's where the Big Ten primarily is. There are still a lot of unanswered questions as to how much of a toll this will really take throughout the program. Conversation about Big Ten football on my TV show. Get up. I am Greeny back with you on ESPN Radio. Delighted you're here. Great guests on the way. Lewis Riddick in 15 minutes. The great Joe Montana, 10 minutes after that. He'll be with me a few minutes after uh, the top of the next hour here. Joe Montana will talk about what Brady is doing and a whole lot more. But you just heard both Heather Dinich and Paul Feinbaum talking about the latest from the Big Ten. So let's get ahead of what is going to be the biggest story in sports next month. Let's make this Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Here's what's going to be the story. There's nothing I love more than chaos in college football, trying to take a bunch of completely disparate pieces that have nothing to do with each other. The commonality is not nearly strong enough to appropriately judge one versus another and pick four teams to play for a championship. Like I love watching them do it because it's almost impossible to do. And so add this to the mix. How many games does a Big Ten champ have to play to reasonably be in this tournament? And by tournament, I mean the four teams that make the playoff. So by now, you're aware of what's gone on. Wisconsin has a whole bunch of active cases. They have their head coach has tested positive, and six of their players have tested positive, and those players are not eligible for 21 days. And more germane to this discussion Their game against Nebraska has not been postponed this weekend. It's been canceled. That game won't be played. Wisconsin and Nebraska will now play a maximum of seven games each. That hasn't happened to, let's just use Ohio State just because it's the most obvious possibility because they've been the best team in the Big Ten for a long time now. How many games does Ohio State have to play to be a legit contender for that? The obvious answer is they won't play eight. The idea that all these teams are going to get in eight games, I think, is just, you're just kidding yourself. The idea that no one in Ohio State will will test positive, nor anyone on any of the teams on their schedule will test positive, leading to enough of an outbreak that they have to postpone. Again, I keep using that word because I've gotten used to using it. They're not postponing anything. They're canceling games in the Big Ten. If they're not played one schedule, they're not getting made up. So if Ohio State winds up playing six games, do we put them in the tournament? It's a good question. I asked it to Paul Feinbaum earlier today. The key for Ohio State is who are they playing? And and really, one of their two biggest games of the year outside of the Big Ten Championship game is this weekend. So that's good. They're going to get the Penn State game in. That's a, That would be a tremendously quality win, even though Penn State lost to Indiana the other day. The Michigan game would also uh, figure large, and obviously the Big Ten championship game. But if they, if they miss a game against somebody uh, in, the, in the lower division, it's not going to have that big of a deal. In a truncated season, quality of competition is going to matter, in my opinion, with the, with the college football playoff committee. How much in, in a year where we've had so many terrible things in and outside of sports, how much do you look forward to that debate? Ohio State has played five games, but they've beaten five really good teams. Do they belong in there ahead of a two-loss Georgia? Just making that up. That's the discussion. Let's get ahead of that now. That's what the conversation is going to be.
So every weekend, if you're a Big Ten fan, you're crossing your fingers and you're hoping they can play these games. Because at some point, it's going to become ridiculous. Heather said it on TV with me this morning. She said, will they put a 2-0 and o, uh, Ohio State in the bracket, in the, in, the, in the four teams? No, of course not. 3-0? and 4-0? and 5-0. What's the number? What's the threshold? It's going to be really interesting to see that play out. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. All right, one more thing before the end of the hour here. I promised you this. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? This is one that really will sort of defy uh, any analysis or description. Rob Gronkowski is suddenly starting to feel it there in Tampa a little bit, playing well, much more part of the offense. He and his old buddy Tom Brady are having fun. Rob Gronkowski was asked about back shoulder throws, the success that he and Brady have had together on back shoulder throws. I repeat, that was the question. This was his answer. It's like a say my mom used to say, uh, it must be maple syrup because a butter don't drizzle like that. You know, you don't got much time to react uh, and and syrup drizzles. You got to make that play. Uh, and, and a stick of butter, it's a block. You got to put it in the microwave to mm-hmm. melt it. That just takes too long. You got to make that play right away, baby. And and that's why, you know, that's why I'm like the maple syrup. That, that's why she used to always say that because I'm quick with it. I just drizzle all over the place. I repeat, the question was about back shoulder throws. What the hell is he talking about? Now, God bless him. I love it. He's drizzling all over the place. He's the maple syrup. He's not the butter. Dominique was suggesting there has to be some sort of sexual double entendre in there. If, if so, it missed. I, I understand why he's saying that because Gronk likes those. I couldn't find it myself. One way or another, he's having fun. Feels to me like if Gronk is talking about drizzling all over you like maple syrup instead of a stick of butter... Things are going pretty well in Tampa. Oh, by the way, the Buccaneers are the best team in the NFC, and they may very well be headed to a Super Bowl. Lewis Riddick and Joe Montana, back-to-back next, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.